Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome to Conversations with Calvin, We the Species. Uh, it's um, August 25th, and, and I'm with Gary Hill. And, and, and actually, there's a, probably a short story to be written about how Gary and I finally have gotten together. Uh, we've had quite a journey to bring us together uh, and to do this. Gary's a busy guy, and, and, and of course, I'm a card-carrying member of AARP. So I'm not busy that way, but Gary, uh, as we unpack the life and times of Gary Hill, you'll see how many things he's got on his plate. Actually, uh, hey, uh, here's the here's the title of, of this uh, interview. It's Gary Hill, publisher, Music Street Journal, author of science fiction, horror, spooky ventures, tales of wonder. So there's a lot. Wonder and dread. It, fine, jump in. <laughs> there, I mean, there's a lot uh, to unpack, and, and that's why I guess it took us so long to for me to pin Gary down uh, out there in, in, in the middle of the country. Um, so I've said my intro uh, now to introduce you officially, Gary Hill. If you want to do maybe just a, a quick little bio of yourself, and then we will start our thing. Take it yeah. away. As you said, I published Music Street Journal, which I started in 1998. Which is this? And, correct. Right. And it started as strictly a website. Well, actually, it started as a, um, a Word document sent out to a bunch of subscribers, and then it became a website. And now it's a series of books with an internet presence also. Most of the articles are also on the internet. Um, and then in... Uh, 2006, I published my first book, Strange Sound of Cthulhu, music inspired by the writings of H.P. Lovecraft. And that yeah. was, that basically came about because I wanted to, I decided it was time to do a book. A hell of a cover, by the way. Yes, thank you. I didn't do that cover. A gentleman named Joseph Fargo, um, that's uh, his artwork. And um, he's, he has a band called Knox Arcana, which you should check out. It's very... Um, like uh, keyboard-oriented, creepy sort of music. It's dark, it's cool. Um, but anyway, I decided I wanted to do a book, and um, it seemed like I was into Lovecraft, and I was also into music, so it just sort of seemed the best thing out there for me to delve into books with, and so I did that. And then um, I started writing a lot of other stuff, uh, some fiction stuff, and that wound up leading eventually to Tales of Wonder and Dread Publishing, which we do uh, science fiction and uh, horror with that. And I think we've put out uh, 21, 22 books so far. Wow. Two more coming out on September 4th. Um, and then I started, I decided I want to delve into video. So I started Spooky Ventures to do video stuff. And also we've got merchandising. We've got a whole line of t-shirts and all kinds of stuff with Cool. Our, our slogan is keep it spooky. So everything's got that on it pretty much. So, um, and that pretty much catches you up. I've got a, a novella, a wizard song. It's, um, I think that, that actually grew out of a love of uh, science fiction and music. And then I've got a, another one, uh, The Homestead, which is horror, um, which is like a home invasion horror story, which is kind of cool. I think, and uh, those both came out last year. So I think that kind of catches you up. Okay, so that's uh, that's a little 
little piece of a bio of you. Um, how about if we talk more about uh, Music Street Journal and, and more? Can you tell me more about it? And, and, and uh, I know you briefly touched on it. Yeah, so I had um, I had some friends who were doing something called Music News Network, and it was a little um, easing that was mailed out. I don't know every month, every two months, something like that. And I, I really liked what they were doing, and I thought, you know, I could do something like that because I've been a musician and I've been a huge music fan my whole life. And so I thought, well, I'll get into doing that. And I, I was on AOL at the time and in a lot of uh, a lot of little groups for music and stuff and. So I, I asked some people if they'd be interested in reading it, and I got a bunch of subscribers, put it together as a magazine. The idea was always like a magazine. Um, and uh, I sent out the first issue. I think I had 28 subscribers. And then within about a year, I had gone to a website. At one point at the peak, I think in the early 2000s, we were running about a million or more unique visitors a, a month. Wow. Now, I have no idea. We redid the site was redone in uh, 2008, I think. And I haven't seen any visitor stats since then. Honestly, I don't think people read music reviews as much now since they can just stream music. So I don't know that the viewers are what their visitors were, what they were then. But in any event, then I started um, for the 20th or for the, yeah, the 20th anniversary. I thought, well, it would be a really great idea to catalog these, all these into books. And I started doing them all as books, putting all the articles in, releasing those books one at a time. And I realized, you know, I could just as easily do each issue as a book as well. It's just a little more work. So at that point, we started releasing them all as books simultaneously as they went online. And so each one is a book and there's always a printed edition exclusive article in there. Um, so you get a little more content with the book, but most of the stuff is still online. So that's pretty much it. We've got a primary focus on progressive rock um, with also some heavy metal focus, but it will cover pretty much anything. Half of every issue is prog, though. That's, you know, that's a, we, we talked before we went on air on some of our commonalities. Um, uh, this is actually today's the first time we met. Usually, sometimes we do some some green room stuff a week or two before, but uh, but you know we've got some commonalities. We both wear hats. <laughs> I, I've been, yeah, I'm a hat uh, guy. Yes, I'm a hat guy too. Uh, and 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 then you know the music. I did some journalism when I was starting out uh, covering the Asbury Park music scene. So I'm always um, so interested. Uh, and, you know, I'll kind of follow up on my own Music Street Journal. So moving along, uh, oh. your, your first book was, and, and I, um, I, I uh, The Strange Sound of Chihulu, is that? The... I think it's Cthulhu, but I don't know. Everybody pronounces it differently. The music it inspired was... by the writing of H.P. Lovecraft. Um, so... Uh, what is this story about? Uh, I should show it again. Um, what, what is it about? And, and, um, and what was the original concept of this book? Well, it's, uh, it's a nonfiction book. and um, Nonfiction? It, it, yes. The author, H.P. Lovecraft, um, 
lived in the early part of the 20th century. He died in 37, I think. Um, he was, he's considered by many uh, to be one of the founders of weird horror and stuff. He was also not necessarily the nicest guy. He was very much, well, he was a nice guy if you knew him apparently, but he was very racist and very xenophobic, which was kind of a thing at the time, but it comes across in his writing sometimes, but he's a huge influence on a lot of writers, including Stephen King and, um, you know, a lot of people. So I was a fan of some of his writing and I found that there was a lot of music that I knew about that had been based on his stuff. And so I thought, well, I'll do a book about that. And um, I managed to link up with a lot of people. I got questions sent to, um, uh, Geezer Butler from Black Sabbath who answered them wow. about one or two of their songs and uh, wow. there were other people I couldn't get a hold of but I, it was interesting I found that a lot of the people who were musicians who were into Lovecraft stuff it was almost like a, a family or a clan everybody was very friendly and very enthusiastic about the project and um, so in the book I sort of I did a devoted a chapter to uh, Lovecraft himself, and then went off into different genres of music and uh, sort of looked at the lyrics and the music that they did. And if I could get a hold of the artists, I asked them some questions about the work. And um, it's a pretty cool book. Um, Lovecraft scholar S.T. Joshi said uh, it was one of the most interesting books he's read. He did the foreword to the book for me. And um, so it's, and it's gotten really good you know, people have really liked it. It's been well received, and um, I'm actually working on a new version for release on the 20th anniversary in 2026. So, because um, there's a lot more uh, Lovecraftian music out there now, so I thought I should catch up with it. Wow, it's, it, I don't I don't know anything about him, but it's some of it sounds like funereal kind of stuff, and is that um, you know, there's all kinds of different music. Um, Everything, there's a lot of heavy metal, a lot of heavy metal, but there's also progressive rock, punk, um, some jazzy sort of stuff. Blue Oyster Cult did a few songs um, based on stuff. So it's all kinds of different music. Okay. Uh, I got to check that out. That is kind of fascinating. You know, I love what I do because I discover things that I never knew about. Uh, you. Uh, <laughs> Lovecraft, and, and so it kind of broadens the horizon. Um, so now, similarly, you um, you have a second book called Poetry of the Air, a collection of love letters from musicians to music. Yes. Um, so can you talk about how and where and why this came about? Okay, that one, it was funny. When I started doing Music Street Journal, I sort of in my head had um, ideal interviews I'd like to do. And one of the things I'd noted as a, a fan of music is that when you get music fans talking about music, there's a certain passion that makes the conversation so interesting. And so I thought, what if you talk to these musicians, not about their music so much as about the music that they liked that got them into music? Wow. And so that was the whole idea of the book. And um, I got to interview tons of people for that book, um, several members of Yes, uh, a couple from the band Rage, um, Tommy James from Tommy James and the Shondells, sure. Sure. and um, sure. Bunny Carlos from Cheap Trick were hometown boys for me. Um, 
and just lots and lots of people. And it was funny because at first I thought, well, I don't know how to assemble all this. And ultimately I was trying to make a narrative out of it. And I decided um, I was trying to get in the way of it. And I figured that the interviews were the, the important part. So I wrote an introduction, a little bio of each artist, and then a closing, a couple of closing sections. And other than that, I just included their interviews as they were. So I thought that was the best way to respect the artists and their stuff. And that's another one I'm going to do a revised and expanded version of for the, the same year, 2026. So keep an eye out for that one. Uh-huh. What uh, a, a great mechanism to, to interview musicians to find out what inspired them to get into music. I never even, I mean, I think that's great. What was, what was really funny about that was when I started doing Music Street Journal, but one artist I really wanted to talk to about that was John Anderson, formerly of Yes, now, at the time he was in Yes, and he was one of the interviews I got for the book, so that was kind of really appropriate. Wow, that is great. Um, really, um, I mean, I'm sitting here listening to you, and, 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 and you're kind of expanding my horizons, which, I, I, <laughs> well, you, you, you are, because uh, I, I didn't delve into enough of this beforehand, because you just don't, but um, uh, you, um, uh, uh, quoting actually Jim Morrison, uh, you, you lit my fire. <laughs> Gotta love Jim. Oh. The Lizard King. Oh. I just saw something last week, uh, some blurb on, on Jim Morrison. Um, just, he was just brilliant. Just brilliant. Yeah. Um, brilliant and troubled. Yeah, troubled. Uh, and, and maybe that's part of the brilliance. Uh, same thing with Janis Joplin. I, I posted a, uh, a picture on my wall. I, I had gone to a Woodstock uh, uh, memorial, no, a memorial sort of uh, by, by a local museum here, Mammoth Museum, and they did a, a, a thing. I think actually it was uh, two years ago in conjunction with the 50th anniversary uh, of Woodstock. Uh, so it was two years ago, and they brought in Elliot Landy, who was the official photographer, right, of Woodstock, and and they had a whole uh, exhibit. Uh, I got to, to interview him a little bit and talk to him and. And the exhibit was wonderful. I mean, there was shots of you know, Janis Joplin drinking some wine before she went on stage. Uh, but I mean, these were real wonderful pictures uh, of, of Woodstock. Um, uh, moving along. Um, you also run a, a publishing imprint called Tales uh, of Wonder. Uh, and Dread. And, and, and Please talk about this, because you go from music and now you go into some spooky things. So, yes, yeah, somebody asked me in an interview a couple of years ago what the connection between all the stuff is. And the connection is me. It's just my interests. And um, in addition to uh, music, which I've always loved, I was a big fan of spooky things. I remember as a kid little kid running home to watch dark shadows every every day because i love the vampires and stuff and i love the universal monsters and all that um so that was uh, one of the things that i really loved and and i love science fiction too i was a huge star trek fan from when i was a little kid 
I can actually remember I was three years old at the time watching Star Trek first run. So that was pretty cool. Um, and so all that sort of connected together in Tales of Wonder. But I actually did a collection called um, uh, Dark Dreams and Weird Worlds, which was um, a little compilation book that I did with science fiction and horror stories from different people. And that was what gave me the idea to, to launch uh, Tales of Wonder and Dread because that worked so well. And I thought, well, this got well received. We had a lot of great stories. I could do a publishing imprint like that. And so that's what I've launched. And we've done 21, 22 books since then. A lot of them, some of them are just my books. A lot of them have uh, stuff from other people. I did a, a series of books on Rockford, Illinois cemeteries, which are mostly just photographs that I took. And I, I saw somebody said that they weren't like really great documenter, documenting the cemetery. That's not the point of it. The point was I wanted to capture the fact that to me, a cemetery is sort of a work of art. It's like an experience, it's a place. And um, I wanted to capture the beauty of it. And that was my point in doing those books. Um, and I can see, you know, I, I actually said something in the introduction of those, it's something about, well, this isn't gonna catalog all the graves in the cemetery. That's not the point of it. But obviously the person didn't read that. But uh, anyway, we've done, uh, the most recent one we've done is called Spooky Houses. And it's a collection of stories about spooky houses, some of them uh, fiction, some nonfiction. I've got one called Spooky Stories, which is uh, just what you would expect, except there's some poetry and some nonfiction and fiction uh, from both classic writers and uh, modern, some of my friends. Um, and then I've got one coming out called uh, Relics, Remnants and Artifacts, which is just sort of stuff that I've published in different places over the last few years that haven't gotten put in one place. So they're all in one place. So yeah, we do um, anything uh, science fiction, horror, or generally macabre kind of things um, that most people would think of as spooky, we do with that. Uh, also, before we went on air in the little green moon session, we talked about cemeteries and uh -huh. I shared some stories with you uh so and I'm, I'm thinking here as i'm talking to you it, it might be a cool idea for you and i to get back here and, and actually record our discussion uh, on cemeteries i think we, could, we could do that uh, yeah you know just, round two <laughs> yeah exactly I'm game for it yeah uh, and we'll talk about that because it's I, i'm just getting that inspiration listening to you and 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 i have some to add and you have some to add and, and that's another one of the commonalities besides our hats. That right. <laughs> we've got this affectation with cemeteries. Right. Uh, and, and I view them as, as places of history and beauty. Yeah, there's that. Places of history, places of beauty. I find them relaxing and comforting somehow. I don't know why, but I do. Uh, and I agree with you. Um, and actually, when I was in college in Ohio for a couple of years before I went to Rutgers, um, uh, I don't know why I'm saying this, but uh, I used to take uh, one of my girlfriends to cemetery. It was just a nice place to be. Yeah, I mean, just to walk around. And it, yeah. was, it was in some strange, convoluted way, kind of romantic, I guess. I can see that. So, so you and I, uh, we just came up with that idea. So... Um, 
you've already kind of touched on it, but if you maybe elaborate a little bit more, the connection between music, you just said it, but uh, say it again, the connection between music uh, and spooky stuff. Well, I mean, it's just, it's me is the connection. I just, it's the things I like. That's, uh, but, but oddly enough, um, I mean, Lovecraft had a, at least one story based on music and there's, you know, the music based on his work. And then I've gotten, I've got some stories that are based on music um, and also spooky stuff. So I don't know, there's a connection, I suppose. There's always been spooky music too. Look at the, some of the music to John Carpenter's movies that he's done. Yeah. He does some brilliant music. The guy is a brilliant musician. Sorry, I'm a huge John Carpenter fan. So, did, uh, how did he, he did Halloween, right? Yes. Which also takes place in Illinois, Haddonfield. Right, but it's filmed in New Jersey, I think. Okay. If I remember right, Haddonfield, New Jersey. Isn't there Haddonfield, New Jersey? Yes, there is. And uh, that's, that's actually where uh, Sandy Hill was born and raised there and that's where the name for Haddonfield came from from that movie oh, I so there's a nice little that. piece of synergy there <laughs> yeah I mean yeah I know Haddonfield's a great town it's right near Philly uh wow I didn't I didn't know that um what I'd like to do now is just uh, ever so quickly go off topic uh and ask you just one of my favorite questions to ask I am actually I think I know the answer but I I I don't. But all right, so here's the uh, here's the question. Uh, excluding family or friends, somebody living or dead you'd like to spend a day with? And hmm. It could be a couple. There's no rules here. You know, um, actually, I think living, um, it's, it's actually a family. Um, there's a family. I call them the Adams family. A lot of people call them the Adams family. It's um, uh, John Adams and Toby Poser and Zelda Adams, and they make these brilliant independent horror movies uh, wow. that I absolutely love. And I'm friends with Toby on Facebook, and they all just seem like such cool people. They're also a band, so they have the spooky wow. and, the, and the music thing going. And I think they would be so much fun to hang out with. So, yeah, that would be who it would be. Perfect. There you go. Perfect. Great answer. I, I thought I knew the answer, but I didn't. That's a great answer. <laughs> so moving on, um, you, you also did uh, two novellas, um, a, a short um, novella called, the first was called Wizard Song. Um, Correct. Uh, and I'll actually hold up my last little visual aid here. <laughs> uh, if you can uh, kind of talk about that venture. Okay, that was kind of an interesting one. When I was 12 years old, I discovered progressive rock by discovering the band Yes. And I was just taken by it. And it sort of changed my, my whole thinking. And, um, and that joined my interests of comic books. I was a big Marvel Comics fan. And also science fiction because I was a huge Star Trek fan. And so I got the brilliant idea to put them all together into a story. And um, I did it as a comic book as a kid. And it was a story about a, a progressive rock band that had something else to them that I'm not going to give away because it's in the book. But that they were more than just a progressive rock band. And they get abducted by aliens and drawn into this whole big battle between good and evil. And 
that story stuck with me over the years. And then in the 90s, I tried to write it as a novel. And when I wrote it as a novel the first time, it was just awkward. I had I had some cool ideas about ways of telling time and all this stuff in it because there were, the planet had several suns and I worked all that. It was actually kind of brilliant, but it was actually really awkward and made it hard to read. And so I never got past the first draft on that. And so in recent years, I got the idea again to revisit it. And I wrote it into a, a short novel and put it out. And I'm actually really happy with it. It's, um, it's a fun story to me. It shows um, the power of art and music against, uh, yeah. against evil. Yeah. And the idea that uh, people teaming up together are a lot more powerful than just one person. And you know some other things about and, and that and it's just I think it's a fun I I think it could be adapted into a nice popcorn summer movie. You you mentioned uh, UFOs. Um, it's funny. Um, getting together Sunday with a, a gentleman who's had lots of contact with UFOs. Mm-hmm. He's written a book, uh, and and I find that fascinating. And, and I also interviewed not too long ago that he was number two man at NASA education for 35 years. And I interviewed Donald James and, and I did ask him, am I allowed to ask you any questions about UFOs? He said, sure, you can ask me anything you want. I said, well, tell me about UFOs. And he kind of went off topic rather quickly. Um, I, I'll tell you a little interesting tidbit that I have. You're getting an exclusive here. I have literally only told a few friends about this. Now, I was a kid, so keep in mind, I, my memories may be wrong, but I was in a hospital in, when I was a kid, 12 years old. I had to have, I had detached retinas and I had that surgery at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. And um, they, they had... Uh, didn't have a kid's ward for the eye surgery back then. So they just had the adult ward and they put me in a ward. It was like a big room with 12 other people, all adults. And um, I befriended this guy. And the funny thing was I was a big UFO enthusiast back then. So I knew who J. Allen Hynek was. This guy told me that that's who he was. He looked like him. We, he told me lots of lots of stuff. And I mean, he was from the area. He could very well have been in there having eye surgery. I've never been 100% sure it was him, but we had some pretty interesting conversations. Interesting. And I don't know that it wasn't him. Interesting stuff. Uh, it, that that in, in and of itself is a whole new world. We're not going <laughs> to touch that now. Um, you also released a book uh, called uh, Spooky Houses. Yes, that one just came out recently. Um, and that's kind of a cool book. It has a lot of uh, classic public domain stories by H.P. Lovecraft, Edgar Allan Poe and stuff, but it also has um, some great stories from uh, myself. Uh, my wife has a couple nonfiction pieces. Uh, Rick Hale has a couple nonfiction pieces. Um, we've got um, a lot of more, more fiction pieces. I I can't remember who else in this one now I've been promoting. Oh, Kevin Wood uh, has a fiction story and I've got some fiction stories. I just happen to have it sitting here, but, uh, but um, yeah, it's, um, it's a pretty interesting, everything is, uh, 
it's funny because I came up with the idea before the pandemic hit. And honestly, once the pandemic hit, book sales kind of tanked. And, and I felt that people didn't know where their money was coming from. And I didn't really think they ought to be set, spending it on books. So I decided to pretty much shelve the, the um, book publishing. And so it got delayed. It was supposed to come out last year and I went ahead and put it up this year. I suppose um, Spooky Stories Inside a House would be have been better last year, but I wasn't gonna do that. It just seemed, I only put out the two books I put out last year were Wizard Song mm-hmm. and, an, and another novella, The Homestead, which is a homebound book. Um, and I only put those out because they were my books only. And I just wanted to get them out there. It was like, I was like, if people buy them, great. If they don't, that's fine too. I want them out there. Um, so this year I've turned back towards trying to put out books to sell. And, okay. uh, uh, are you uh, on Amazon? I, I'm looking at your, um, uh, some of, some of where's the best is- way for people to kind of find, uh, is it GaryHillAuthor.com? Correct. Because Amazon, I was publishing everything to Amazon for a while, and I got fed up with the fact that in order to have it on Amazon, if I wanted to say, let's say I wanted to make five bucks off of a book. Well, I couldn't, if I, if I did that at Lulu, I couldn't sell it at Amazon because I'd still be losing money. It was below what, because Amazon took such a big cut. And so I was raising the prices of the book to make it so that at least I'd make a dollar or two off of Amazon. And I just got fed up with it and decided I'm not giving Bezos any more money. So um, I quit doing, and nothing recently has been released to Amazon anymore. Okay. It's all strictly uh, GaryHillAuthor.com. You can Fine. find the links, and they're all through Lulu. Fine. Perfect. Perfect. I'm, I'm good to know that. So the last um, the last question that uh, officially to ask you is uh, what, what kind of things do you have uh, online down the road? Well, um, I've got um, Spooky Stories, uh, which is a collection sort of like Spooky Houses uh, of a lot of just spooky stuff. And then um, that comes out on September 4th and a collection of my work, which is, it has uh, six fiction pieces, one of which has never been published before and some paranormal nonfiction and then some reviews that I've done that have been published in different places. Actually, three old poems of mine that have been published several places. Mm-hmm. Um, all that is in Relics, Remnants, and Artifacts, which comes out also on September 4th. And then the next book in line after that is going to be Horrifying Holidays, which I've been wanting to do for a couple of years. Because I don't know if you know this, but it used to be that Christmas wasn't so much a time of light and brightness but they were told ghost stories and spooky stories at Christmas, because think about it, it's the solstice and it's the shortest day of the year. And so everybody, they told spooky stories. And so I wanna put the spooky back in Christmas. So I'm getting a collection together. I've got three of my stories. And then I've got a story from a gentleman named Stephen Osborne, a, a story from a gentleman named Glenn Tilson, and a poem from a guy named Frank Kaufman. And then I'm going to have some nonfiction pieces in there about hauntings that are based around Christmas. And then a lot of public domain to sort of fill it out. But it's going to be cool. That's going to come out in um, October. I don't remember exactly which date, but October. I'm still working on putting that together. So that should be fun. 
you are um, prolific. <laughs> I try to be. Well, you are. I mean, I'm sitting here listening to you. Uh, I mean, I've done one novel and coming out with another. <laughs> and, and that has uh, eaten up a chunk of my life, but you are prolific. Well, I should say I, I wrote freelance a lot of the time. And the only way you can make money writing freelance is if you pump stuff out in a hurry. You get used to the fact that you're never going to be completely satisfied with something, but it reaches a point where it's like, okay, that can go out. You just have to get to that point. And I'm pretty good at writing fast and because I had to. Wow. So uh, this has been great, this time with you. Uh, truly, <laughs> I, I've been wanting to do this for a long time. And, and we decided uh, just a few minutes ago that you and I, and we'll talk about it when we go off air, that we'll, we'll just have a conversation about cemeteries. I, I can... Yeah, absolutely. Let's do this sometime. That'll be yeah, fun. Uh, I, by the way, I think then we'll just call it cemeteries. Gary Hill. And there you go. Works for me. Yeah. So uh, I, I thank you, Gary, for your patience. Oh, thank you, Calvin. Thank you for your patience with me. We had a lot of, yeah, a lot of things going on here, and it's it's perfectly understood. Uh, and 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 I'm thrilled to officially met you now. Yeah, me too. This is uh, great, and you know, so let's stay in touch for sure. Stay in great. touch. Uh, do come back, and we'll do. Thank Anytime you. Anytime so you want me back, I'll come back. Fine. That's perfect. Perfect. Thank you, Gary. Thank you.